0: A bit like the old card catalogue system, I suppose. Hello, and welcome to this week's Urgent Bite, brought to you by the Royal New Zealand College of Urgent Care. My name is Guy Melrose and today we take a quick look at a useful, eponymous test for urgent care practice. As a fan of analogies to help explain medical conditions and treatments to patients, I also like to use an analogy to help in medical education. And to take this one step further, I also try to think of analogies to explain what urgent care medicine is, what it is that we actually do, As a relatively new specialty, and one that is often misunderstood by patients, other healthcare providers, and politicians, I try to think of the best way to explain our role and our importance to the health system. I think one of the best analogies for the urgent care physician that I can think of is that of the library archivist. The sort of archivist that existed before the internet search engine took over the world, that is. When I think of an archivist, I think of my school's library archivist. She was a small, softly spoken lady with grey hair and wise glasses. She would not have been out of place in a Harry Potter library, but like all good archivists, her expertise was in knowing the content of her library and how to access all the information. She did not, however, know all the information contained within the library. She was the expert in finding it. And this encapsulates the urgent care physician for me. Our library is all of medicine, and it's an ever-increasing library at that. Knowing it all is not possible. Medicine therefore has specialists who know everything about a certain topic, but these specialists do not know much about the rest of the library. So... Our patients are library patrons who come in wanting information. Some of this information we can provide and they can be on their way, but some we need to be able to direct the patient to the place where the answer or solution lies. In the same way as the archivist must know where to send the inquiring mind, so too we must be able to direct on our patients to the suitable specialty. The trick is in knowing where everything is, without knowing everything there is to know. Because, after all, if we knew everything about a topic, we would be the specialist in that area. In researching this week's eponym, I consider this analogy often, because it dawned on me that there is a lot to know, but really we need to know a distillation of everything such that we can make that referral and safely manage everything else. Elson's test is the eponymous test this week. Described by a Reginald Elson in a paper in the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery in 1986, it describes a way to determine if a patient has injured the central slip of their extensor mechanism of their finger. From what I can gather, Elson was an orthopaedic surgeon mainly involved in hip surgery. He was founder of the Cavendish Hip Fellowship Trust and president of the British Hip Society and European Hip Society, of which the latter he was also a founder. A graduate of Cambridge University, he worked most of his career at the Northern General Hospital in Sheffield. From what I can gather from his Wikipedia bio, he is still alive, being in his early 90s now. It's always interesting when looking at an eponym to see how varied the career of the individual is, and I cannot quite link the creator of an eponymous test for extensor tendon rupture whilst also being an expert in hip surgeries, but the original paper seems to suggest that it is the same person. Any road, to use a vernacular that Elson would appreciate, His test is simple and is something that we should all perform if there is any suggestion of a central slip injury to the finger, be it from a laceration, trauma or overuse. Flex the patient's finger to 90 degrees at the PIPJ over a table edge. Ask them to extend their middle phalanx against resistance. If the distal phalanx remains floppy and supple, and the PIPJ extends, then the central slip is intact. If the DIPJ is rigid, then the central slip has been ruptured. This is due to the two mechanisms involved in finger extension. The central slip inserts into the base of the middle phalanx, and the lateral bands that go volar to the PIP joint insert into the base of the distal phalanx. So. When performing Elson's test, the floppy distal phalanx is due to the central slip being intact and taking on extension duties during the test, thereby not calling upon the finger to utilise the lateral bands. But if the central slip is ruptured, the lateral bands are called upon to extend the finger, and due to their point of insertion, they lock up the distal phalanx. So if Elson's test is abnormal, the DIPJ is tight and rigid while the patient is trying to extend the PIP joint against resistance, which means the central slip is ruptured and the patient needs to see a hand surgeon. So to take this back to my initial analogy, knowing Elson's test and what it means when abnormal enables us to direct our patient quickly to the part of the library that they need to go to get sorted. It makes for a quick and focused referral. Elson's test should be part of a thorough exam that we do in urgent care to identify injuries that go beyond our ability to manage and enable prompt treatment by a specialist in that area of medicine. We are not the specialist that repairs this tendon or repairs the digital nerve, or washes out a joint, but we're the specialist who picks up these and directs them to the suitable clinician, thus preventing, in the case of Elson's test, complications relating to a missed central slip injury. And having made this referral, having helped this patient navigate to the suitable part of the library of medicine, we then move on to our next patient, who will have a completely different problem from a completely different organ system, and so on, and so on. But that is the life of the urgent care specialist. I've linked in the show notes to Elson's original paper and the author Bullets page on extensor tendon injuries, which, as always, has a simple breakdown of important considerations. I particularly like their table of zones and the associated tests and findings, which is a great quick reference guide when you detect an abnormality in your thorough examination. Now we'll be back again next week with another podcast. I look forward to seeing you all then, but for now, thanks for listening.